You are listening to the Akron Abide Bible Study Podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Akron Abide. So, my story, like I said, my mom and sister Hope are here. Some of you guys may be wondering, like, oh, like, you know, where's the rest of his family? I actually have another sister, Drew. She is watching a friend get baptized today. And my dad, he actually was not involved in my life. So that was a big part of growing up was like being fatherless. Um, so with that, there's feelings like hurt, abandonment, just anger, like confusion. And there's nothing my mom ever wished to happen. It's just, it's just what happened. He just left. So that's kind of like the picture you guys can paint, like as me, as a younger self, like middle school, high school kid. Well, how God got involved in our life is we actually grew up Catholic, but anyways, going to the Catholic church, I always knew about God. It's like, I knew he created me. I knew that he created the world. But I never knew, like, oh, like, I actually need a relationship with this guy. So, thankfully, one day, my mom's friend, Tiffany Tooney, um, my mom's a hairstylist, so she would, like, cut hair. And she'd work all day, all morning. And then when she'd come home from work, she'd cut more people's hair to um, pay the bills. And this lady, Tiffany Tooney, was always persistently and consistently asking my mom, hey, do you want to go to church with us? Because she went to a Christian church. And... My mom respectfully and politely would always be like, no, sorry, like we're Catholics, you know. That's, you know, we're not going to go anywhere. Well, anyways, after time and over time, she was always just persistent. The Bible talks about that, being persistent. Well, she tells my mom, hey, like, you know, my kids are getting baptized, so I would love for you to come to our service with us. And in the Catholic church, that's like a big deal. So we're like, hopefully, God, you'll let us slide this one time to go to a Christian church. So we did. And ever since that first Sunday, we never went back. Like we just fell in love with it and we were going every Sunday. And speaking of that, every Sunday, no matter the circumstances, rain, sleet, snow, asteroids, nothing would stop us. Even if we were on an empty gas tank, we're like, God, put some gas in our tank so we can make it to church to hear the message. So we really, as a family, just were in prayer, just asking God to help us get there and as a young kid, I didn't mention this, but as a young kid, I wasn't a troublemaker despite, you know, the circumstances. I wanted to respect my mom and make sure I didn't cause her any trouble. And when we started going to the church that the friend invited us to, um, she just like, the messages, I just soaked in. Like I soaked in like a sponge and growing up, my mom said, Abram, be a leader, not a follower. And I'm thankful for that. So when I went and listened to the pastor's messages, I took him in. So far, I'm gonna share a very cringy story of my middle school days to expound on how deep I took those messages. So the pastor one day, he brought up a guardrail on stage like you see on the highway. And he said, and the message is about like marriage and relationships. Now my mom didn't send us to kids church. She let us go into the adult rated church. So we're right along listening with the messages. And I remember going to my then quote unquote middle school relationship girlfriend. And I was like, we're not gonna hold hands. We're not gonna hug. We're not gonna do none of this. I don't even want to look at you. Don't even look at me. <laughs> that's, that's like the Christian memes you guys see, like the no hand holding. That was me. I lived that out. So anyways, that's how far I took it. Well, come freshman year, this is where um, it gets good. Freshman year, another lady was getting her hair cut by mom and was like, hey, like your kids know what a youth group is. And mom's like, no, like what's a youth group? So what happened was she just like, yeah, there's this church in town and your kids check it out. It's for like high school kids. I think they'd love it. So my mom comes into my bedroom after the lady leaves and I'm playing Madden. Any Madden players? Video games? Atta boy. Well, anyways, I was doing that and she's like, hey, do you want to go to youth group? And I was like, 
not really, <laughs> to be honest, because I was very introverted back then. Um, and I did check out one youth group before that, and it was just like really big and massive and loud. And um, my sister can tell you I'm a big party pooper, so I was like, I'm not for that. But anyways, my mom said, Abraham, she was pleading with me, you should check it out. And she finally said this, she said, Abraham, I'll make you a deal. She said, Abraham, if you go to this church for me one time and you don't like it, I'll never ask you to go again. And I said, no, that's my kind of deal. Some of you guys are wishing your mom would give you that deal this morning. But anyways, I knew she was going to keep a word because years ago in middle school, she said to me, Abraham, we went to Minneapolis to visit my grandpa Joe, and um, she wanted to give us a good time. You know, we didn't really go on a lot of vacations, so that was like a big deal for us. And then when you go to Minneapolis, you got to check out the Mall of America, right? So we go to the Mall of America, and in the Mall of America, there's this big amusement park, like crazy big, super fun, lots of candy, lots of awesome food. Well, there's one problem with me in amusement parks is I don't like roller coasters. So you can imagine what happens. My mom, you know, is trying to get me on this big roller coaster. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm not going to go. No way. Like, I'm not doing that. I was crying. I was like probably seventh or eighth grade. So it's not one of my brightest moments. But she's like, Abraham, just go on this for me. And if you don't like it, I'll never ask you to go again. So I muster up that courage, got in that seat, got the click down. And I can probably say to you guys that I haven't been on a roller coaster since. <laughs> and she kept her word with me. So I knew like when she said this about the church that, hey, all right, she's going to, she's going to let me decide whether or not I want to go. So we go, she drops us the following Wednesday. We go to this church and it's a small one in South Sioux. And there's like glass doors right when you want to go, similar to these ones. And I walk in with my sisters and, you know, I see some people I recognize from school, like, Hey, like how's it going? You know? And, Yada, yada, yada. Well, when I see someone I don't like, you guys can say, you guys might be thinking, was it a bully? Was it a, an arch nemesis? It was actually way worse. It was my hallway monitor <laughs> at the high school. He was a punk. No. So, so I see him and I'm just like, oh heck no, I'm not going to stay here tonight. So in slow motion, I'm like, no, don't go up. And like, I looked through the windows and I just see my mom slowly driving off like, bye son. I'm like, dang, I'm stuck here. Well, that night I didn't know it was actually gonna be the best day of my life because that's the night I surrendered my life to the Lord, that I got saved, that Steve preached the gospel boldly. And I learned for the first time, like, dang, like I need salvation and I need Jesus because he loves me and he died for me. So that goes into the next part of this canvas life kind of morning is God's story, so God's word. So when I share God's word, I'm going to actually be summarizing it and making it like storytelling. And I'm going to be talking about the book of Jonah. I'm going to be summarizing the whole book. Have, how many of you guys have heard of the book of Jonah? Raise your hand. So ever since I got saved, this has been a book I've always been drawn to. I've loved and I've like just applied to my life as best as I can. So here we go. Follow along with me. Chapter one of Jonah. You know, God tells Jonah, and if you guys don't know, Jonah is a prophet of God. He's a messenger to God's people or people that aren't followers. And God is like saying, hey, you shouldn't do this. So same case with Jonah. Tells Jonah, hey, I need you to go to the land of Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, and I need you to like preach that destruction is going to come if they don't repent. And you would think, okay, like he would do this. Like he would go and be all gung-ho for it. Well, that was actually the total opposite. He said, there is no way I'm going to Nineveh. Because <laughs> Nineveh was rampant with sin, it was crazy. So John was like, I'm going to go to the to the ship dock, I'm going to get some money, hop on the ship, and I'm going to go to Tarshish. Now, 
there's three words before I go more in the story that's hard for men to say. One, I'm sorry. Anybody relate? Men in the room? Hard to say you're sorry? Two, worscher. Worsh. And three, tarsus. Tarsus. So, he heads to Tarsus, and this bow, like, you know, they're on the, in the middle of the sea, and they're thinking, oh, look, Jonah's like, oh, I'm off the hook. Like, you know, like, God's not coming after me and all that stuff. Well, little did he know, a storm was brewing. So God sends a storm, the boat's shaking, it's going crazy, and Jonah's in the bottom of the ship sleeping, but everybody on the top is like, oh, my gosh, we're going to die. Like, they're throwing stuff off the ship. They're trying to row, like, harder, and they're even praying to false gods because they were pagans. Like, they didn't believe in Jesus, or they didn't believe in God. So, anyways... You know, they come to a point where they're like, man, like, this isn't getting better. So they go going down and wake up John, and they're shaking him. Dude, wake up. Like, you need to pray to your God. Who do you pray to? He's like, I serve the one true God. And then you would have thought John would be like, all right, just turn the ship around, and I'll go back to Nineveh. But no, he was still stubborn. And he's like, this storm is because of me. He's like, you guys should just throw me off the ship. And they're like, anyways, we're going to try to get us so we don't die. So they started doing different things. Well, eventually there comes a point where like, all right, we need to get rid of Jonah. So they throw Jonah off the ship and you would have thought like, dang, if Jonah could have just avoided all this, if he just would have simply obeyed God, right? Well, then God's like, I'm still not done with you, Jonah. I'm calling you to go to Nineveh. So he sends this great fish, the Bible says, at the end of chapter one, to go and swallow Jonah whole. And he's in there three days, three nights. Now I'm going to kind of go rapid fire. Chapter two, Jonah prays this long prayer and asks for repent, or he repents and says, God, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. So then the fish spits Jonah out on dry land. Chapter three, Jonah goes to Nineveh after God tells him again, preach the same message to Nineveh that I told you the first time. And you wouldn't believe it. From the greatest to least, the Bible says, Nineveh comes to believe the Lord, which is awesome. And you would have think that you would have thought that would be that in the story. Well, that's not how it ends because there's a chapter four. And chapter four, Jonah is actually angry with God because he wanted wrath against Nineveh. He didn't like him. There's a hidden thing in his heart. Like he just despised them. He's like, no, I don't want it. Like they're, they're not worthy of your love. And he even says to God, you are gracious. You're loving. You're slow to anger. You're abounding in faithful love. And this is where we apply it to our lives today. Just like Jonah was a man who followed God, I believe in today, like the church, we can easily just say, I'm not going to do what God tells me to do. So I open prayer is that we do what God calls us to do. And I believe every single one of us is called to ministry. And I, it doesn't have to be in full-time ministry, like Michael or myself. It can be like reaching out to your neighbor at home, right next door and say, hey, you should come to church with me. You can be like, hey, like, you know, ask your coworker, hey, you should come to church with me. You should have a Bible study in my home. You should come over for a meal. Like that new person that's in town, if there is a new person in town, bring him over, make him feel welcome. Be that light of Christ that we're called to be. Just like Jonah was called to reach the loss of several people in Nineveh. Now I'm going to give some examples, and these are just examples of maybe things we may say to ourselves that prohibit us from doing God's call or things in our life that prohibit us from doing God's call. So I want you guys to listen. So this is like the example. I like to follow God on Sunday, but on Fridays I like to go to the bar with my friends. I like to follow God on Sunday, but... That boyfriend or girlfriend I'm talking to, you know, I know they're not good for me, like, you know, but, and I know they don't love Jesus, but I don't want to listen to what God says. I want to do it. I want to do something else. Some of you might be like, oh, I like to follow God on Sunday, but, you know, 
when I'm away from my family and I'm on business trips, I like to have um, lunch meetings with person of opposite sex that I shouldn't because we're talking about things we shouldn't. God's calling you not to do that. So you might be like, oh, I like following God on Sunday, but there's things on my phone I shouldn't be watching. And I, here's some more. I will follow God when I graduate high school. You know what? I don't need to get serious about my relationship with God until I graduate. You know, I'll be all right. You know what? I'll follow God when I graduate college. You know, that's when life really starts to happen, you know, when I'm older and might have a family and all that stuff. Then I'll get serious about my relationship with God and what he's calling me to do. I'll wait until, you know, I get that job, you know, that way God shows me, like, this is what I'm really supposed to do. Or I'll, I'll wait until I start a family. That's when I'll get serious about God. Or when I get that car or so on and so forth, when I get my life together. None of that's going to work. And maybe some of you guys are in this room that's like, oh, well, like, Abram, I don't have a story like yours. Or I don't have a story like people that have, like, crazy testimonies. God created you. He knows you. He loves you. And he can use you just as much as anyone else. Well, I'm not like the influencers or people that are in big stadiums preaching the gospel. I don't. Ha I can't do that. God will use your gifts and talents to glorify Him, to fulfill His calling in your life. Well, Aaron, I can't speak well. I don't have a good ACT score. I didn't do good in high school. That was my excuse of not wanting to answer the call at first. But God told Moses, "Then I create that mouth of yours. You can. I'll give you the words to say." So God is calling you guys to obey today. He doesn't want you to wait. He doesn't want you to run because when you live your life for God, there's so much more than you could have ever imagined that would happen. Like for me, being in ministry, like like I can't imagine what my life would have been if I didn't obey the call. So how do you guys obey him today is the challenge. What is it in your life that you guys can reflect in yourself right now? Like, dang, I need to give this up. I need to stop doing that. I need to reach out to someone to help me with this area of my life. I need whatever it is, like think about that and reflect on that. And I want you guys to hear me clearly, like God loves you. I'm not saying this to bash you guys over the head or make you feel bad, but like these are genuine questions we need to ask ourselves as the church. To be like, how am I obeying God in my life right now? How am I living up to the call that he's called for me? Because in Matthew 28, you know, Jesus said, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I have some myth statements for you guys for my life. And this can maybe be for some of you guys to reach out to a friend. If Tiffany never obeyed God's call to invite my mom and us kids to her church, I wouldn't be here today. If God, um, if the lady who invited my mom to bring us kids to youth group didn't obey God's call to do that, I wouldn't be here today. If Steve didn't obey God's call to be in youth ministry and to preach the gospel boldly and courageously, I wouldn't have been here today. Because you see, if none of that stuff ever happened, I wouldn't have been in an abandoned son still. I wouldn't have known that the God who loved me cared so much for me. But now I can say, since those people obeyed the call, I went from abandoned son to an adopted child. Adopted child of the king. And God wants to work in every single one of you. It doesn't matter your background, your upbringing, just like mine. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter if you're like the Cowboys. Though you guys have our problem with, you know, Speaking from a 49ers fan. Anyways, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Lord, forgive me. But God wants to use you, but more importantly, he wants you. Like, besides the calling, he cares about you. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want a foo-foo relationship, as Steve, the youth pastor, said. And I have this final quote that I'd like to share with you guys. And the worship team, you guys are more welcome to come up while I read this, and then I'll pray us out. Um, it's from this guy. 
Not really famous. His name is Charles Spurgeon. Jonah was asleep amid all that confusion and noise. And oh, Christian man or woman, for you to be indifferent to all that is going on in such a world as this, for you to be negligent of God's work in such a time as this is just as strange. The devil alone is making noise enough to wake all the Jonas if they only want to awake. All around us there is tumult and storm, yet some professing Christians are able, like Jonah, to go to sleep in the sides of the ship. So, church, I challenge you, get into the mess. Invite that person. Don't give up on that person. Be persistent. Love on them. Care about them. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word, and thank you for, again, this opportunity just to be before these people, God. All the glory go to you. I pray, Lord, as we leave these doors, that it wouldn't just be another Sunday, that we would be committed to your call, God, in our lives. One, to be known and be loved by you and have a relationship with you, but also, God, to bring others into that relationship where they can surrender their lives, where they can say, you are the one true God. You are the Lord. You're my redeemer, my saver, my healer. So I pray, Lord, as we go today, that you would just help us to love you more every day, to listen to you more every day. And I pray that you keep us safe as we go out of these doors. And um, we just praise and thank you, Father, for all you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.